You're listening to Sobriety with Ari Eastman. Hey, that's me. Well, hello. I'm back. I'm back. I feel like um, I feel like I'm that uh, Nicki Minaj sound on TikTok. That's like, you know, it took some time off to rest, but now it's game time, bitches. That's me. I mean, I don't know about game time, but we're back. Took a little break. Uh, appreciate you all for hanging in there. You know, we had Thanksgiving and I have just been having, if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I've been having car stuff. I've been having, you know, cute, chic, little mental breakdowns. Good stuff. Good stuff. I feel like this past month has been hard, but at the same time, I I think I'm having to confront that, I'm always going to be overwhelmed by things and that's not an excuse to not do stuff. Um, Some people are just naturally better at pushing through and uh, I have always, ever since I was a little kid, I have always been someone that I get easily overwhelmed and it's like I, I... I feel like things are, I don't want to say, I don't want to be like, oh, things are harder for me than other people. Um, Because that's not at all what I'm trying to say. That's terminal uniqueness. But just that little things can kind of have me sort of spiral and kind of like zap my energy. And I, you know, I have sort of, I've been told that I have like chronic fatigue syndrome, which is, by the way, just the most blanket statement that they'll give you at the doctors when they have like absolutely no idea why you have such low energy or why you're tired all the time aside from there's like obviously connections to depression and certain mental health struggles um, present themselves as fatigue and I've kind of always sort of gone back and forth on this idea that I'm just inherently lazy and um, and you know it's something I still kind of go back and forth with my identity and it's definitely I think probably the thing I struggle with the most with just like who I feel like I fundamentally am because I do compare myself to other people who seem to not necessarily have like a better handle on life but just that they like have the energy to do it and that people aren't just constantly fatigued to the point where you know I when I have like really bad fatigue episodes, it's not just that that I'm tired. It's like there's nothing inside of me. It's like I, you know, uh, not that I'm going to just like pass out and fall asleep right there in the moment, but just that I'm so like drained of everything that, you know, keeping my eyes open, it feels almost like painful. And there's just like nothing I have inside of me. And again, I know that that's for me, that's just like a big symptom of my depression. And it's something that, you know, I manage. And a a lot of other people have that too. But, you know, when I'm feeling that way, and I look around and I see people who just like, they're going out, or they want to meet their friends for brunch, or they're going from like an activity to an activity and getting all these things done, even like mundane things. I have always been like, wow, what what would it be like to just like, get up and go and like, not feel like you need to take a four-hour depression nap must be cool must be dope so for a little kind of like life recap um for those who follow me on instagram you probably saw all of my trials and tribulations with my car so i bought a car so i went two years without a car in los angeles which is like 
a little bit rarer, I feel like, in LA just because we have public transit. It's not the best public transit, but like whatever, it'll get you from certain places. It just doesn't get you everywhere. Um, And so I did that for quite a while. And then, you know, a global pandemic happened (laughs) and I wasn't really into the idea of being in a enclosed space with other people. So um, I ended up purchasing a car in it was like June or July of 2020. And it was a used car, but it was only one year old. It was a 2019 Toyota Yaris. And listen, I don't know shit about cars. I don't know shit about cars. I don't care about cars. I, I, I Boring, boring. I just want a vehicle that can take me from point A to point B safely. Um, but you know, my stepdad and I, we did research, we kind of looked into it, we were like, okay, the Toyota Yaris is, it seems like decent, it was affordable, um, this one, like I said, was only one year old, but it was used, so it was cheaper, and we're like, great, let's do it, so, um, because I was lucky to have had the car that I had for most of my life was a Toyota Prius that I loved so much, I loved her so much, Uh, her name was Baby, very unoriginal, but, uh, I just inherited it my when my grandfather died. And so I just kind of like the minute I got my license, I had a car that was already sitting in the garage. So I was super lucky to have just had a car that became available to me. So this was my first time actually purchasing a car. Um, you know, okay, we did it. Great. Done. Got the got the car. Almost immediately, I started having issues with this car. And at first, I remember driving it and... I don't know a lot about cars, so I, you know, question my own uh, instincts, but I would drive it and I would just notice like, I don't know, like the engine kind of ran rough and I thought, okay, well, that's probably just how this car is, you know, I can't compare it to my Toyota Prius, you know, but I would like increase speeds and it would kind of like lurch and stuff. I'm like, all right, well, it's a little weird, but you know, whatever, whatever, what do I know? And then um, it like, broke down. Uh, I think I probably talked about it on a podcast episode. I was in Palm Springs with my best friend. Uh, We went to go pick up balloons because I was going to do a photo shoot for my two years sober with with a giant two balloon. This This was important to get the giant inflatable two for photos. And when we started, when I went to start the car back up, it, the engine was sh- like like making tor- terrible noises. It was shaking. All of the emergency lights popped up. It was very scary. And I was like, mm, that's not normal. And it wouldn't start. So, you know, yada, yada, yada. We had like AAA come. By the time AAA comes, he goes, oh, yeah, I don't find I can't find any issue with it. And it started up normally. I'm like, OK, well, that's a little weird. Well, then if that had just been an isolated incident, then OK, whatever. But it made me nervous, so I did bring my car in. And when I got my car, I think I got like my oil changed or some sort of service thing. And I said, by the way, my car did this crazy thing where it had an exorcism. Could you check it out? Could you do like extra checks for me and see if there's anything else going on? They're like, sure. They did it, said absolutely nothing. This car is as healthy as the day is long. Okay, fine. Mind you, this is the same car that... Um, constantly my, uh, uh, tire pressure signal pops on. I go, I get it checked. No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. 
Uh, I had a tire blowout one time when I was on a road trip. Like I just have had so many different random issues with this car. And I'm like, should this should 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 literally every bad thing be happening to my car that I that was one year old when I bought it? I don't know a lot about cars, but doesn't seem like it should be right. So then most recently I was doing laundry and I had, you know, I parked my car. I was at the laundromat and then my car did the same exact fucking thing it did in Palm Springs where it was shaking and it was so like loud, like people in the laundromat were like coming out to look at the car and be like, what the fuck is that? Because it was making like a, you know, that's the exact noise it was making. That sounded like Scooby-Doo. Yeah, my car was making Scooby-Doo noises. Um, it was shaking. It wouldn't start. All of the, the, the buttons popped up again. Um, and I just had a total mental breakdown. I just started like crying outside of the laundromat and just feeling so overwhelmed. Like it just because the worst part about it is that and this is what happened again, you know, I called uh, Toyota and had it towed to the dealership. And basically, when the, the car does this, it just if it sits for a couple hours, then it resets itself or something and it's fine. So I took it to the dealership and I was like, listen, and I took videos of it and I showed him. I said, this keeps happening. Something's wrong with my car. And he's like, all right, we'll check it out. I get a call from them, maybe like, you know, at 1 p.m. And he's like, we've been running tests and diagnostics on it all day long. We've been doing everything we possibly can. We cannot find a single issue. Nothing comes up. And I'm like, okay, but I'm not making this up. Like, I'm not making this up. So there is something wrong with it. But while my car is at the shop and they're searching for issues, I get a call. And I've gotten calls like this before of them being like, hi, we are at the dealership and we would like to buy your used car. Um, Are you interested in finding out how much it would be? And this time I said, yep, tell me. Tell me how much you want to buy my demon car that obviously has something wrong with it, but uh, y'all are gaslighting me and refuse to find the issue. So yeah, why don't you tell me how much you want this car for? So we went through the process and I sold it. I sold it to the dealership. And, uh, listen, I feel for whoever eventually buys it. And I tried to warn everybody. I tried to bring it in. Like, listen, there are notes in the service history that say there's an issue, but they can't find it. And what can I do if they can't find it? So took the money. I was like, great. Well, should have done a little bit of research. And listen, I, okay, I'm still really glad that I sold the car because I think this car was going to just continue to give me issues and like leave me stranded places. So, so much better that I could get money for it. But apparently there's like a global shortage on cars and it's the worst time to buy a new or used car right now. And they're going for like insane premiums. And uh, I didn't know that. So I think I'm going back to the bus for a little bit uh, until, uh, I don't know, the, the factories start making computer chips or whatever the issue is, uh, uh, why there's like no, there's like no cars. Like used inventory is super low and super expensive. And like new cars, are, like there's the inventory at dealerships is like really low. Um, and even other shit like Carvana, I even like checked out Carvana and the inventory is low. So listen, if you are wondering if it's a good time to buy a car it is not take it from me your girl who has been you know stressed out and crying and um enjoying adulthood shall we say but you know what 
through all of it, I have remained sober. And something that I do, something that I do think is very um, affirming is that previously, you know, I had sort of retrained my brain and and create and strengthened these neural pathways to um, reach for for alcohol, reach for a substance when I was feeling stressed or when I was feeling really sort of almost any emotion that I wanted to regulate. And now have it be, you know, it being, I think it's like two years and two months now that I've been sober. Um, that was not my impulse. That was not my impulse. And I was really like happy that that wasn't a craving that I had and not, to, and there's absolutely nothing wrong if you still have cravings like in your recovery. I think that they are normal to happen. But it was like a very affirming moment for me to be like, I'm so stressed out. I'm like sad. I'm kind of scared. Um, I'm feeling kind kind of defeated and wanting to disappear. And for me, when I get like overwhelmed, kind of like I was saying in the beginning, um, and I think this is part of why I would drink is that I want to escape. Like I'm a major escape artist. Like I want to escape my reality. I want to, you know, and I've done it for most of my life through media, through TV, through podcasts, through movies, um, and sort of just escaping into that uh, that other world and and living there and living there probably too much because you know as a kid I would just watch hours and hours and hours of TV because that was my safe haven away from depression or anxiety or real stuff going on at school or whatever, that was my safe place was, you know, Buffy, Friends, um, I don't know, whatever other shows I was, you know, in love with. And that's sort of just always been one of my coping mechanisms and my downfall in certain aspects because I I don't want to face reality. I would much rather escape it. I would much rather drift into this other fantasy world it's very Pisces of me very Pisces of me to just be like let me live in my dreamland let me live in my la la world and be there instead of facing the truth and facing reality and making a plan of action and getting through things I would much rather retreat and disappear and go into my bubble and stay in my bubble and just pretend that my bubble is real And obviously, you know, one of the ways I started to do that and started to regulate my emotions was with drinking. And when I would get drunk, I it was the same sort of feeling as escaping and going into a different world where because once I was drunk, you know, that first like 30 minutes when you actually feel euphoric before all of the other negative things catch up to you, it's like, oh, here I am. I'm good now. I'm safe now. I've entered my tipsy world and the tipsy world uh, exists on a different plane than the real world. And I don't like the real world right now for whatever reason. It's scary. It's sad. It's lonely. It's boring. So let me, let me, I don't want to be there. So let me go over here and go into this like tipsy world. Of course, for me, (laughs) that tipsy world quickly became drunk world, which became, you know, many, many negative Uh, consequences world. So all this to say, I am feeling proud of myself that I, you know, have been freaking out a little bit and I am still sober and I haven't felt 
Like I haven't reached, for, you know, I haven't even had the like phantom feeling of like, oh, let me go reach for the wine because it's not a part of my routine anymore. And it's not part of my toolbox. And it's just like, it's not the thing I do. Now, did I play like five hours of The Sims? You betcha. Because uh, I still have my ways of escaping. They just are no longer related to alcohol. It's something that made me happy this week. It's my pink cloud of sobriety. Okay, I have two pink clouds um, that I'm going to kind of put together of since it's been a couple weeks since the podcast has um, come out. Okay, one of them is so, so stupid, but whatever. Listen, I am unabashed. I'm unashamed. I'm, I'm, I'm in a word, annoying online. And um, I'm much more willing to put myself out there online than I am in real life. Like online, nothing embarrasses me. Real life, a lot of things embarrass me. But it, for some reason, it's like with the, it, with the camera on me, knowing that it's going out to the World Wide Web, no longer am I embarrassed. And so, you know, I'll put like cringy shit out there. I don't care. And um, a while back, um, I matched with Hassan Piker, who's like a Twitch streamer, political commentator, um, who's just like hot. Like, I really, I honestly don't even know that much about him. Occasionally, like, I I uh, watch H3. And so I know he's on, um, they have like a new podcast. And, um, and I like matched with him on Bumble, like over the summer. I made a TikTok about it. Like, you know, I was a little clout goblin. And because he's just like, he's very hot. He's super hot. He's like 6'4". He's hot. That That's really the thesis of this. And um, the TikTok kind of like took off. And I, it's funny because I'll put things out there and I will, half of me does expect a response. And then half of me is like, oh, I'm just doing this to entertain myself. Like I very much have only child grew up entertaining myself like making myself laugh like the things I do and I put out there are to entertain me and like I find them funny and it's almost like I constantly have inside jokes with myself that I'm putting out there online well apparently Hassan who like he streams on Twitch I don't know if he does like five days a week or he's constantly streaming on Twitch played my TikTok where I said we matched on Bumble and he played it on stream So um, this is just to say that you can manifest anything you want. And listen, did it end up in a date? No, it did not. Uh, But I do believe that uh, my powers online are greater than I believe them to be. And uh, I got to really, with great power comes great responsibility. And it's always a nice reminder that Uh, you can make things happen, even if they are just getting the attention of someone and then having them think you're probably um, annoying and cringy. But, um, you know, he saw my face and that's, and, and everyone was like, oh, she didn't actually match with him. He's not on Bumble. He's only on Raya. Well, in the clip, he's like, I don't think I match with this person. Then he continues watching it and goes, oh, maybe I did. So there, he was on Bumble. His profile was verified. I was right. He saw me and he swiped right and he thought I was cute. And honestly, not a lot's been going on with me in the romantic department. So I am holding on to that and I'm going to let that steer me into 2022, baby. Okay, the second more wholesome thing is that, as I've said, I am now back to riding the bus. And 
I had a lot of like weird epiphanies riding the bus when I was sober because I rode the bus, I think, for, I mean, like, so COVID happened in March. I got sober in September. So from September to March, I was riding the bus uh, sober. I mean, I was riding the bus before that, but like probably hung over and feeling miserable most of the time. And I used to just like have these epiphanies sitting on the bus where I would just feel so much better because I could, you know, I was getting healthy again and I would just like look at people on the bus and I would just like, I would have my actual pink clouds. Like I would be like, life is beautiful. Look at this amazing bus. Look at the way they built this machine that takes all of us and we're all together and we're all community. Like I was having these like really poetic moments on the bus because I was just so happy to be healthy and getting like happy and mentally well again. And then COVID happened. I stopped taking the bus. I got a car, you know. And then once I got a car, I really stopped walking, you know, I haven't walked in years. And um, so I will say taking the bus, it's been nice because I'm like, I'm like with people again. And as much of a, as much of an introvert as I am, and as much of a homebody as I am, there is something to be said about community and like looking around and even just like the sociological kind of like survey of people and like how we all interact and exist in the world. And I was just sitting on the bus and I was like, you know what, no matter what happens, I am very resilient and I may cry, I may have breakdowns, but like I will figure it out and I can always bounce back. And I just like had this moment sitting on the bus where I was like feeling very as shitty as all the car stuff had been and I'd been like crying and the car stuff always makes car stuff makes me feel stupid, makes me feel like I am younger than I am like I'm not equipped to handle the world makes me feel like I'm dependent on people and it, it, it really kind of fucks with me and made me feel like I don't know I don't know how to describe it but it just it make it makes me feel stupid car stuff makes me feel stupid especially dealing with dealerships and any of that stuff it makes me feel like I'm not a real adult and I'm like, when is this feeling going to go away? Like, when am I going to actually really feel like I'm capable of things? And sitting on the bus, I was looking around. I'm like, wow, I've been sober for over two years. Like, I figured my shit out. Life's not perfect. But like, here I am. And I'm finding ways again, right? I'm getting from point A to point B. And I always figure it out. And it was like kind of a nice, um, it was kind of a nice moment. So, um, Yeah. That's where I'm at right now. Well, with that, thank you so much for tuning in. I am really excited because I have some guests coming up. Next week, we're going to have an episode with a guest. The week after that is an episode with a guest. And you guys are in for a treat. So stick around. Um, as always, it's super helpful if you leave a rating, a review, an Apple podcast, tell a friend, come say hi. Um, you know, do what you do, baby boo. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for that. All right. Love you all so much. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Okay. Bye, everyone. <laughs>